Thank you for tuning in to Finish the Fight, a gaming podcast. If you have not, be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash finish the fight, where we have some amazing merch and plenty of other things for you guys. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Spartan 117. Anyone hear me? Over. Isolate that signal. Master Chief... You mind telling me what you're doing on that ship? Sir, finishing this fight. Welcome back to Finish the Fight, a Halo podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Reiner. And I'm your host, Alex Kendall. And as always, we are on yet another bonus episode. We're on bonus episode 13, and this month we are covering the AIs of the Halo universe. Yeah, so we're kind of breaking down the artificial intelligences from all the way back from the Forerunners through to the couple that the Covenant have that we know of to your obviously human, smart, and dumb AIs. So yeah, so we're kind of breaking this down. Similar to our Spartan episode, not as many stipulations as we had in that one, but we'll basically be giving you quick summaries of these AIs and kind of what their purpose was, when they started, if there was a start date, when they ended, when there was an end date, when we first saw them, and any little tidbits about them. And whether or not they're even cool. Whether or not we would party with these AIs. That is true. When we finish this episode, each of us will give our top five and our bottom five Mm -hmm. AIs. And then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll make the other one have to uh, defend their choices <laughs> and defend... Like always. Like always, what they love and what they hate. So without further ado, let's get it started. And let's just give you some background on, you know, the human AIs and kind of why AIs were created that we knew from the games, I guess you would say. Yeah. So human used AIs to perform a wide variety of tasks. The duties of smart AIs included, but not limited to, overseeing planetary shipment operations, managing ag operations, very similar to Mac that, mm-hmm. that we're going to learn about, serving as planetary security, controlling various starships. I mean, there's, there's so many aspects of basically controlling an entire planetary system or star fleet or yeah. you know, anything out there for those. Now, your dumb AIs that we're going to learn about, those were kind of your rudimentary tasks that happened over and over and over again. You know, one being Deja, who was the teacher of the Spartan Twos. Yeah. So, you know, kind of had this this aspect of this is my job, this is what I do, and can't really learn or, uh, I guess, learn more things as a human would. Think on the fly, adapt to a certain situation. Exactly. Here's the protocol, this is how I execute it, that's it. Yeah, because as we know, the smart AIs were actually brain scans. Mm-hmm. Or, or adaptations of that. So it's technically a human in, 
I guess you would say a very similar way that Ancillas were in the Forerunners, mm-hmm. which were basically harvested humans, kind of these human souls through a composer put into monitor, dumb dog, soldier, dumb dog, you know, all those fun <laughs> things that you get to be. Uh, but very similar in that way of, of taking a brain scan or, or the essence of, a, of what a human is yeah. and putting them into these things. Stealing their soul. Mm-hmm. However, thus far in humanity... They have not figured out how to truly expand the life past seven years, the bungee number. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Because then they hit rampancy. And rampancy, um, you know, as we've seen with Cortana and as we've seen, if you've read any of the books or any of the extra materials, they just start to lose it. They think themselves to death because they start trying to, like, learn more and more and go in this weird mental circle and just, yeah. And it's very interesting, too, because it... As we'll hear a couple of these AIs, it happens differently. Mm-hmm. You know, some start disregarding human life and just want to learn. You know, one allows her ship to get infected. They, yeah. they see a flood uh, spore in there, but they allow it to happen so they can study how a human transforms. Curiosity kills the cat, you yeah. know? It happens to the best of us. And so that is where we kind of left off with Halo 5 and Cortana's Created, which was trying to overcome rampancy mm-hmm. and live forever and that's kind of where halo 5 has left us off yeah so without further ado let us get started and start where it all began with the forerunner ais yeah the forerunners developed a civilization with an extremely advanced knowledge of artificial intelligent technologies the forerunner term for ai constructs was ancilla yeah so that's kind of what you, you heard that a lot in the whole forerunner trilogy yeah mm-hmm. what does that mean ai Ancilla. Ancilla was kind of this Latin word they put in there that's similar to tech. Um, mm, but okay. for this, pretty much, it's just going to be for you at home. At home. Uh, it's going to pretty much just be that this is their their AIs. So if we ever okay, say Ancilla, okay. and if you guys haven't followed along with us, that's pretty much what we're going to be talking about if we use those terms interchangeably through the forerunners. So it's like the forerunners, like uh, Google Home or Alexa, essentially. Yeah. Ancilla. Play 80s hip-hop beats. Yep. I don't know what they Play 100,000 BC 80s hits. <laughs> Thank you, Ancilla. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty much what they are. They range from personal AI advisors integrated into their personal armor to mobile AI platforms known as monitors and powerful Medarch-level constructs operating in vast data networks. The most advanced type of AI was the contender class artificial intelligence, an example of which is the traitorous 05032 mendicant bias. Yes. So as we've talked about before, and if you've heard through some of the terminals, you know, mendicant bias was this created super AI that was supposed to combat the flood. Unfortunately, being a jerk. Yeah. Unfortunately, being exposed to the primordial. Mm hmm. Caused him to go, mm, you know what? I'm switching sides. I'm switching sides. This guy convinced me because that's really what it was. It just convinced him. Yeah. It was basically, I was looking at it, it 47 days of just having to talk to him mm-hmm. <laughs> and like learn all of this past, you know, primordial knowledge and like, you know, the beginning basically and, mm-hmm. and, and what and why they created the flood and, you know, what the forerunners and humans and, you know, saying Shayum did to kind of deserve this, I guess, in a way. Yeah. So let's start it off with the. I said Menica Bias was an OG. The OG, 000 Tragic Solitude, who is a forerunner in Scylla and the monitor of Installation 00. So they just stayed with the zeros. Zero. 
<laughs> really, there's like zero, 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 zero. Every everything's zero related. Mm-hmm. Bungie has seven. Tragic Solitude has zeros. So his first appearance was in the Halo Three terminals, and his service ended twenty five fifty five. So he was created when the Forerunner Splendid Dust of Ancient Suns was composed by the Isodidact. Yeah, and so like we said, with the composed is the composer is a machine that basically like sucks your life force out, kind of turns stuff to dust. And takes your essence. Mm-hmm. And those weren't sound effects that Alex did. We pulled those straight from the game. Yeah, yeah. That was literally from the game um, <laughs> when you don't get composed in t- 255,000 BC. <laughs> but in 2555, <laughs> Tragic Solitude reactivated the Halo Array. His plan was to use Earth for mining purposes to be able to repair the Ark following the destruction during the Battle of Installation 00. And Tragic Solitude was fatally damaged by Spartan Frank Kodiak. What? What a cool name. Frank Kodiak. Frank Kodiak. Yeah, so so this was, as we're going to learn with all the monitors, previous either either humans or forerunners, you know, that were, were turned into these monitors to seek over and protect these ring arrays. And that kind of became this one-track mind of, okay, I need to protect my, my home, basically. Mm-hmm. And I need to make sure things work. And obviously the arc, the creator of the rings, and kind of the, we can call it like, Central base, if you want to say in a way, needs to be repaired for these things to happen. So, uh, you know, this is our first one that we're looking at, and they tried. They tried. They did what they could. Our next one uh, is is one that we've seen that was lukewarm, in my opinion. Uh, it was, Fair. It was, it was, yeah, it was, it was there. It was another monitor that we've seen. And this was 031 Exuberant Witness, who was the monitor of the Genesis facility. And this is where we first see... Really another monitor, kind of like Guilty Spark in Halo 5 Guardians. Yep. So to give you an idea on personality and a little bit of their appearance, so that'll kind of be an all-encompassing term. Personality will be their appearance, what they sound like, who they are, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, so this is actually a female monitor, as opposed to Guilty Spark, who was the same floaty ball. We have Exuberant Witness has a purple light, mm-hmm. and but standard speech very much like Guilty Spark. And Exuberant Witness was the monitor of the Genesis installation and therefore had total control over its functions. This changed when Cortana arrived with the Warden Eternal. And they revoked most of Witness's administration privileges, you know, but she was still able to activate the doors and bridges to kind of help you get through. You get the doors and bridges. You don't get anything else, but you you don't even get the lights here. Yeah, and I think a lot of that was kind of put down to those are like dumb AI type things that can happen. Dumb AI slash... Necessary gameplay mechanics. Exactly. We need to write this character in. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, you, you start to see that not all of these monitors or AIs had necessarily been taken over by Cortana at this point. Mm-hmm. And I think at this time, too, Genesis was under attack. So I believe it's more in the monitor's well-being to protect protect this home mm-hmm. as opposed to kind of join this cool robot nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> Next on the list, we have... 05032 Mendicant Bias, who was a contender class Ancilla. He was the most advanced Forerunner AI at the time of his creation and was charged with organizing the Forerunner defense against the Flood before his defection to the Gravemind or the, the Primordial, the Timeless One, mm-hmm. however many names he has, who ultimately caused him to become rampant and turn against his creators. Mm-hmm. So believe it or not, his first appearance was in Halo 2. Yes, makes a, a very brief appearance with that, and we kind of get an idea minutely. Because yeah, he, he was located in the Forerunner Dreadnought, which is powering 
uh, high charity Mm -hmm. and whenever Cortana is talking about battling this other AI who is trying to not let her get in, that's actually Mendicant Bias. Yes. We first really get to see Mendicant Bias in the Forerunner trilogy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where we really start to get the, the nitty gritty of, mm-hmm. of who Menikent Bias is and what happened. Yeah, it, uh, it, it's expanded upon because his first appearance is Halo 2, then Halo 3. We learn about him through the, the terminals. Yes. And then it, it's still like, who is this guy? We get it. Like, he was the AI that betrayed the Forerunners. He's looking for atonement. But then we're like, okay, now we really, as you said, get that backstory. Yes, that's where we get the full backstory of, of really what happened to some people's delight, to some people's dismay. Because I know the whole telling of the forerunner history was some fans wanted to be kind of shrouded in shadow mm-hmm. and just kind of know like bits and pieces other fans you know wanted it to be spelled out a to z so we got it you know and you can take it in either way if you want to think of it as kind of this mysterious olden ai or mm-hmm. as mannequin bias this yeah. this dick that, that <laughs> attacked you know his creators well a little bit of both but as for personality, he has a teardrop-shaped casing with three eyes and a glyph in the center. Created in 100043 BCE by the Erdidact and the Master Builder, and his purpose was to control all Forerunner defenses, including the fabled Halos, but only under dire emergencies. As we said, he did end up going rampant after talking to the Primordial for 46 years. Years. Oh, never mind. Take that back. Not days. Years. <laughs> never mind. He has he has a better willpower. I I actually wrote these notes, and I knew this was 46, and went, 46 days <laughs> or hours or whatever I said. But 46 years. Yes, correct. He was defeated by offensive bias after the Halo rings fired, which is his counterpart, you know, kind of the better version of him who really, in a way, was kind of like a dumb, dumb AI in the sense that he could not be persuaded by by the primordial if you were to have gotten to that point. Yes, because when we learn about offensive bias, uh, offensive bias was specifically created to combat mm-hmm. mendicant bias. Yep. And offensive bias basically took it upon, I guess you'd say himself, if, if we want to put a gender to it. Whenever the Halo Rings fired and wiped out the forerunners that were there, offensive was like, okay, I've got a lifeless crew. Let's blow you up. And basically <laughs> sent the ships in and... and Kind of broke him into shards at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So w- one shard of Minican Bias was stored on the Ark, which was worshipped by the Covenant. And, you know, as we had said, that Cortana fights off Minican Bias during the Battle of High Charity while he tries to communicate to John 117 through the terminals because he does want atonement. Yes. He, he wants to help. And, you know, we talked about this in our Halo 3 episode. Go listen to it if you haven't already. But the fact that he's watching master chief and he's even seeing like i see you reclaimer and he he says you know this one of the last things i will ever do is try to find atonement for my sins because that was like his punishment is basically sit there and think about what you've done yeah and and that's it and and we see him whenever we're getting you know the the first kind of covenant high council uh with prophet of regret prophet mercy coming together that whenever they finally talk with this oracle, mm-hmm. Mendicant Bias is like, listen, I'm not saying that it's you need to reclaim. I'm saying that these are reclaimers. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when... Not reclamation, re- reclaimers. Yes, exactly. Like, that's when we see that the Sanctuary Union, we're like, oh, they're trying to take our place. You know, mm-hmm. humans are going to try mm-hmm. and take our spot on the mantle where we should be. We need to wipe them out. So that's when the covenant really starts to spout more of that religious fervity and 
brings on the elites and says, no, you know, these are, these need to be worshipped, this type of stuff. So that's what really starts the covenant is mm-hmm. mendicant bias trying to somewhat come to atonement and say, no, like humans... They deserve the spot. Yep. Next up, we have 03049 Abject Testament, who is the monitor of Installation 03. We actually first get the appearance in Halo Combat Evolved Anniversary through the second terminal, Halo. Began service in 101217 BC, and personality for this has an orange eye. Uh, with a lower male voice, so lower than we've had so far, which kind mm-hmm. of like high pitched tones, I guess you would say. Uh, it's not this low, but it's a lower tone uh, that How we low? have. Pretty low. <laughs> but it's, it's lower than to kind of like almost a human range. Uh, prior to the firing of the Halo Array by the Forerunners, Abject Testament and his fellow monitors met aboard a Lifeworker ship to be installed on their respective Halos. So this is when we, you know, hear about our good didact, as we say, you know, setting the monitors up and, and putting them out there. Uh, at the meeting, Abject Testament expresses to Guilty Spark the opinion that they and the Forerunners deserve to be forgotten. Which I, I did love this inclusion mm-hmm. because it is like you see that it isn't kind of like this brown nose monitor. It's like we screwed up along the way. If we get forgotten, good. And, and that and that really happens because, you know, when protocol happens and Guilty Spark's like, let's get them Halo rings firing. Installation three it just goes dormant. Mm-hmm. And and you realize that there was no quality control and like nothing was happening there. And this was for two or for 20,000 years. Yeah. That this just kind of went dormant. And basically the monitor said, no, I'm, you know, I'm living with that moral. And that kind of shows that as far as in Scylla's, some of that humanity is still there. And we, we learned that about 343. Mm-hmm. Yes. That some of the humanity still still survives and, and Guilty Spark will have that arc you know, later on in the books as well, Mm -hmm. it kind of has a redemption. Next on the list, we have 2401 Penitent Tangent, who is the monitor of Installation 05 and whose first appearance was in Halo 2. Personality currently has a red eye and is controlled by the Gravemind. And I believe this is the second monitor we see. Yeah. Outside of 343. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is the the second one ever because I remember when I first played Halo 2, I was like, oh... Like, there's more. Because mm-hmm. it makes sense. You see another Halo ring. Why wouldn't it have its own monitor? Mm-hmm. So in the Halo Anniversary Terminals, Penitent Tangent was the last monitor to send a status update to Guilty Spark on Installation 04, 3,000 years after the Halo event. Guilty Spark indicated that the last transmission from Tangent were incomplete and troubling. Guilty Spark suggests that Tangent was descending into madness at this point and that there were fail-safes to prevent it. Mm-hmm. So really interesting stuff that we, we do see a lot from from Guilty Spark's perspective where he was, I believe it's in the in the uh, Halo anniversary, Combat Evolved anniversary terminals where he's really talking about like he's losing contact with, with all these other monitors when they're all supposed to be like texting day and night in the group chat. Exactly. And, and, and all of a sudden it's, you know, penitent tangent left the group chat, and you're just like, "Come on!" Well, first they start they start like MLMing and being like, "Oh, do you guys want to buy my my Avon? Do you guys want to buy my like, pampered <laughs> chef?" I've been like pushing it, and it kind of pushes them away. But mm-hmm. yeah, and this is why we get Thick Boy Grave Mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have a huge Grave Mind at that point that can kind of control over everything mm-hmm. and had the years to grow. Yeah, and even takes control of penitent tangent. I love like he has him and and the prophet of truth like bickering and pu- like puppeting them, like yeah. having them like puppeted, but also bickering, which is great. Yeah, uh, and if you want to hear us do that, go go to our Twitch channel where you can hear us <laughs> drunkenly reread that script down to yep. those lines. Yep. 
uh, twitch.com slash sourman70, just so you know. Twitch.tv. But, you know, you do you, Jesse. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Next up, we have our boy, 343 Guilty Spark, who was the forerunner in Scylla, also known as Chakras, mm-hmm. who was a human transformed, uh, you know, through the Forerunner trilogy. And the monitor of Installation 04, our first appearance, obviously, Halo Combat Evolved, began service in 101, 217 BC, and obviously, the one, the best guy, the only guy. The he, monitor. He's the the uh, forerunner in Scylla, in my opinion. Yes. He's the first one we're introduced in the first game. He, you know, he, that creepy humming mm-hmm. in like the swamps mm-hmm. when like you just got flood around you, and he's just like, "Whoa, what's up, Reclaimer? How's it going? Let's get out of here." Yeah, and I mean, really, he was an integral part of of all three of the original Halo titles, mm-hmm. and even in the in the Forerunner trilogy, and even some more recent books. He started to have this this arc. We're not gonna really jump too much into that story and spoil it for some people yet but really it, it's more about he's really uh, uh one of the few characters that will have a redemption i will say that i, I will say as far as the ancillas redemption and atonement is is a very big thing for them that mm-hmm. they i mean they have hundreds of thousands of years to think about it yeah but it is and you know polygon did a really great video on uh reading all the halo books and summarizing them and basically saying shakas is the character they're from the beginning, they're at the end. He is one of the longest standing characters in the Halo universe, start to finish through and through. Mm-hmm. And Guilty Spark, they created such a cool personality for it that was so, not monotone, but just so ambivalent and just one track of just mm-hmm. just going about my day, doing this thing. Oh, you're destroying my ring? You're going to die. You're going to die, you butthead. Well, and, and to not tell... I love that Cortana's like, you know what this you know, robot's making you do? And she's like, yeah, we're activating this thing. We're going to kill the flood. And Cortana's like, tell him what that does. Oh, the rings wipe out all the food source. Yeah. And Chief's like, why didn't you tell me? Was, You're a reclaimer. You should have known this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's still all those theories going around about, you know, originally Bungie had intended for humans to be the ancestors. Yes, of the forerunners or evolved from forerunners mm-hmm. and then 343 came in and had kind of a different idea. So there's there's still theories to this day about what's going on with that and that's always kind of a fun rabbit hole to find yourself in, but yeah. it was still interesting nonetheless. But moving on from that, we have 686 Ebulent Prism, who is a forerunner Ancilla in the monitor of line installation 1 through 4. Prism's function included collecting and inspecting any specimens captured for evidence of immunity to infestation by the flood. Assistance from the specimen when inspecting was not required to be voluntary according to protocol. Which I love that the monitor brings it up because this is the monitor we see with uh, Black Team, Team Mm -hmm. Black. And it's really neat because this is really the only one that we see that's not protecting a ring in a way Mm -hmm. it's it's purely experiments Mm -hmm. scientist ai if you will but first appearance was halo bloodline great comic book by the way ended service in 2552 was killed by black team by uh getting shot in its energy core yeah basically shot it and and pushed it back into that basically beam shooting into space Mm -hmm. transmitting and just kind of melted it so it became a cannonball boom Pretty much melted it down, and <laughs> that was a cool scene because you got like Black One coming back up, firing, and everybody getting mm-hmm. back together after the monitor had gone through and basically infested people's minds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, altering their HUD mm-hmm. and even took the shape 
of of the AI with them. So it was like a child anime like version of it. It was a great comic. Great yes. comic. Uh, next up, we have eight five nine static carryon or carlion carlon. Either one of Carl-on. those. It's one of those. But it's a forerunner in Scylla and monitor of the Composer's Forge. Our first appearance is in Halo Escalation. And in 2558, he met the Ur Didact while investigating the lack of response from 049 Abject Testament on Gamma Halo. Knowing that the Composer's Forge would supply him with additional composers, you know, which to digitize these humans and to basically create more of an army. Make them scary robots. Yeah, the Ur Didact, uh, Static Car- Carleon, Carolyn whatever, to take him there. However, Static took offense that the Erdidact was torturing these humans and just creating Promethean soldiers mm-hmm. and learned that uh, Blue Team and John 117 were there mm-hmm. and decided, you know what? I'm going to help these guys. I'm going to help these these OGs right here. Yeah, and they successfully helped beat back the Erdidact. And in that, Static went ahead and just chunked off that section of the Halo. Mm-hmm. Like, just like fired that into space and basically said, all right, I'm done doing composing things. I'm just going to hang out in this halo, and I'm going to rebuild it. Like, that's going to be my job. If you need me, call me. He's retired. Yeah, he basically retired, just working his wood shop, <laughs> repairing stuff, getting things Making built. Making birdhouses. Yeah. Stuff so, like that. Yeah, so Static kind of had a redemption within this comic itself. Mm-hmm. So moving on from that, we have Offensive Bias, who is a Medarch-level forerunner artificial intelligence. One of the few contender class in Scylla's, it was created to counter the rampant AI Mendicant Bias. So who's, the first appearance for Offensive was in Halo 3, the Terminals. And yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to learn a lot of this if you mm-hmm. didn't really religiously find and read and go through the Terminals. Yeah. Of just seeing how much Bungie nuggets were left yeah that 343 expanded on yeah so forget about the terminals after this episode you got us for that kind of stuff (laughs) but personality wise offensive is represented by a large and highly complex holographic projection Uh, it commanded the last of the forerunners defenses at the greater arc and at the final battle of the forerunners while seemingly less creative and independent than mendicant bias Offensive bias was still capable of coordinating inconceivable numbers of ships, sentinels, personnel, as well as the original Halo and the systems of the Greater Arc simultaneously. So, so yeah, like we said, these Medarch levels, so far beyond any of the smart AIs, I think mm-hmm. the closest we're going to get is probably Cortana now. Yeah. But but so far beyond everything. Yeah, so, and of course, not creative, but, you know, basically just means, oh, uh offensive bias didn't paint some flames on the side of some of the <laughs> ships, you know? Didn't Dukes a hazard it. <laughs> but more importantly, offensive bias was designed to be far more methodically lethal than mendicant bias. Yeah, because it's, it's one role, kill mendicant bias. Yep, that's so, it. So it, it had to think, you know, outside the box and just had so many more tactics to pull from that were not preservation of saving this or this. It's, it, it was... Extreme prejudice yes. through and through. 100%. And finally, and I, I will put this asterisk here for a finally, we didn't really include any of the Prometheans. They're all technically Ancillas or AIs in mm-hmm. a way, whether it's the Warden Eternal, the Dumb Dogs, any of those mm-hmm. are technically... Yeah, and the only thing is that the Warden Eternal was just kind of like gatekeeping the, the domain, really. Not yes. much to him. Yeah, and that's pretty much it. And so we kind of left those to the side. Otherwise, we'd be going, the Knights did this, 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 this. It wasn't a huge amount of background as far as character plot. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but finally, we have the Knowing, also known as the Silent Oracle, was a Forerunner AI that served on the planet Ariel. First appearance in Halo Helljumper, fantastic comic. Mm-hmm. Uh, ended service in 2552. Personality, it was a large monitor that hung upside down from the ceiling, very similar to GLaDOS, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It yeah, kind of reminded yeah. me of that. Uh, and it was discovered by Dutch and Romeo when they were you know, exploring through, trying to figure out why the Covenant was even on Ariel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was curious because it finally found uh, Reclaimers. And I was like, Reclaimers, what's up, buds? Ask me any questions you want. I will answer them. So they asked a bunch of stuff of like what what happened, you know, just some general knowledge stuff because they had a trivia night coming up. <laughs> they had to know. But then they finally said, okay, one thing. Can you self-destruct? Can you off yourself? Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, but no. And it's like, do you want to uh, do, you want to do that? And it's like, but I'll we'll lose all this knowledge. They go, well, you know, it's better if you did it and we'd all be real happy. So I was like, all right. Five, four, and like they're like heading out, uh, yeah. blows itself up, and basically saves the planet. Mm-hmm. Because once that happens, the Covenant, with their little like sensor, I just assume they have a very old school <laughs> radar that's just beeping. On a, on a 1950s submarine or something? Yes, 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 in, in the sky that's only seeking out oracles and things. You know, goes off, they leave. They just straight up get out of there. We're even glassing the planet. It's, mm-hmm. it's a lost cause. They're like, let's get out of here. Tails between our legs. Let's go find something else. Exactly. But but that was really it for, you know, interesting enough forerunner AIs mm-hmm. or Ancillas a- as we know them. So moving on from that, now we're we're kind of coming into more modern Halo times, and we're going to be talking about smart AIs. Mm-hmm. So smart AIs are created by mapping a human brain and using it as a template for the construct. They are capable of intuition, learning, and making logical leaps that ordinary computer programs cannot. So they're better than, like, Adobe Photoshop. They can <laughs> they can paint you a beautiful picture exactly. if you really wanted. They can also feel genuine emotions such as affection, anger, and amusement. They have a normal operation lifespan of about seven years, give or take. They can really kind of fight it off for you know, days or months or years and a, if they a, try. And there's a couple we'll learn where you mm-hmm. basically have to almost become a dumb AI yeah. to do it. Yeah, but but regardless, they will still descend into rampancy through and through. Mm-hmm. And to start it off, uh, one that we, depending on when this episode comes out for you, kind of recently talked about is AIN. Mm-hmm. And AIN was a UNSC AI specializing in ship construction, temporarily serving on the UNSC Infinity. Temp job is still a job. Hey, that temp job turned into a permanent job. Let well, me tell you. you. Go. Because first appearance we see in Halo the Thursday War, uh, and that's when we first have Kilo 5 be able to kind of tour the Infinity and having Parangoski on there and being like, because that's when Parangoski's like, oh, you picked that one? Just like pick a good one. And he's like, well, it's just temporary until we find, you know, the right fit. You know, it's, they'll work <laughs> with it. We pulled him from the, the local temp. Uh, but began service in 2552, ended service in 2557, Killed by Cortana. What a jerk. Yeah, and personality, she appears in several outfits and looks, and she's one of, I believe, only two or three smart AIs that even do this, that change appearances. So she appears in those several outfits and looks, one as an elaborate, partially translucent dress with flowers in her hair, matching her namesake of the Celtic uh, mythology that she is, of Ain, this kind of like goddess of the spring. Mm -hmm. Another one, which I love, that she would choose a lot of times just to kind of mess with people, 
was a 30-something woman wearing baggy white overalls and safety goggles on her head. So that was kind of when she was in, like, build mode, I guess you would say, when she was kind of, like, working on the ship and Mm -hmm. wants to kind of be like, hey, we're all blue-collar here. You know, let's chat. And then when it comes to more of the high command, puts on that kind of Celtic, beautiful dress look, Mm -hmm. uh, which we do see in Initiation, and that's when we see her as that, which is pretty interesting. So... Like I said, uh, she was brought on as a temporary AI until Captain Andrew Del Rio picked a permanent one. And then she served, you know, on the Infinity until Cortana basically crashed him into Requiem. What a jerk. And so when the ship crashed down, uh, it basically damaged her enough that it wasn't recoverable. uh, And she was later replaced by Roland. That's where Roland came in. I did not know. Mm -hmm. Now I know. But moving on, we have Araquil, who is a third generation AI who was under Colonel James Ackerson. It was actually his personal Mm -hmm. AI. So first appearance was Halo First Strike. Personality appeared as an elongated skull with long demon-like horns, eyes, and jagged teeth, which I completely forgot that this what this AI looked like. Mm -hmm. Literal, just something out of Doom. Yeah, it's it's pretty much one of those floating (laughs) skulls from Doom. Amazing. But Araquil was tasked to spy on Dr. Catherine Halsey and her research with the Spartan program eventually was left at Castle Base during the fall of Reach Mm -hmm. and at one point threatened Halsey with treason while she tried to access Ackerson's files, which she did successfully. Yeah, it was basically a bunch of empty threats and saying like, oh, I'm going to vent out the oxygen in this room and I'm going to fill it with gas. And she's just like, just shoot a fireball at me if you're going to do anything. Yeah, she's basically like, cacodemon. Camilla just... Just get on that. Just, just, just hold that. And I mean, Halsey, you know, in and of herself is an amazing computer whiz. And we figured that mm-hmm. out that she knows all this stuff. So she's able to navigate it, get into Ackerson's files. And that's when she basically tried to get Ackerson demoted and put on a rock somewhere. And, or, yeah, put on the field, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And basically wanted him killed without killing him herself. Yeah. And now we have Athos, who was part of Oni which was an AI assigned on the mission alongside Linda 058. And our first appearance of this is in Halo Lone Wolf. And this was definitely an interesting one. Athos was named and designed after the fictional musketeer Athos Côte de la Ferre, something like that, whatever French that is, <laughs> uh, known for three novels of Alexandre Dumas due to the character's relatively tactum and reserved demeanor. Basic- that's, who, that's who wrote Three Musketeers, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty much what that is. The one thing with it is they basically made the character like this because it's pretty much Linda. Mm-hmm. It's like a different version of Linda, which is very interesting, and worked directly with Linda on this assassination mission. And basically what the mission was, was they figured out that Chen Bax, who was this Oni scientist, Oni tech person who they thought died at the fall of Reach trying to steal Oni secrets, was actually alive. Uh oh, how dare you? And kind of supplying the enemy with a lot of that stuff. So, accompanied Linda on that mission to, you know, one shot, one kill it. Yeah, uh, headshot. Probably even a no scope. Just 360 no scope, <laughs> of course. 420 69, that's all you need. Next on the list, we have BBX 8995 1, better known as Black Box or just BB. Mm-hmm. BB is a fourth generation AI who is an Oni AI assistant to Admiral Margaret Parangoski and Captain Saren Osman. Mm-hmm. A really, really cool AI in the sense that 
he only appears as a black box. His first appearance was Glass Glasslands, and as we said, you know, for personality-wise, he appears as just a black box who's also incredibly sarcastic and egomaniacal. Uh, he fe- he feels that he's superior to humans, his creator, and even other AIs, and that's also why he chooses to be a black box. Yeah, because they even talk about it. Uh, whenever uh, Kilo Five is like, BB, why don't you have an avatar? And BB's <sighs> kind of like that, far too smart for himself, and kind of mm-hmm. like, well, actually, kind of smarts at times. Yeah, but definitely also we learn cares for people, even though mm-hmm. he doesn't. It's kind of like that gruff, like, mm, I guess we'll save him. Yeah, because there there are times where you know he saved Catherine Halsey not to save her life, but to prevent. Uh, 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 is it Dask? Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point, I think goes to murder Catherine Halsey. Spoiler for anyone who hasn't listened to these episodes yet, and he stops him. And I, again, it's not to save Halsey; it's to save Dask from getting in a lot of trouble over it. Yes, because we learn that BB starts to form this kind of union with all of Kilo Five, mm-hmm. and really appreciates them. And like you said, like this isn't for her; this is for you. You'll be court-martialed. You'll lose everything. Like it's not worth that small bit of revenge. For the Spartan program that you're not even part of. Like, that's basically mm-hmm. why is, is Das is like, the Spartan program was terrible. You took kids and all this other stuff. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So his start service was August 17th, 2552. And he is the only smart and dumb AI all in one package. He can monitor systems light years away with no lag. He also assisted Kilo 5 in the Zanghelios uprising and the Venezian movement. So, yeah, so on Venencia, that's uh, Venencia, sorry. No, you're right, Venencia, Venencia is right. But that is where we leave off on the Thursday war, you know, going into Moral Dictatum, Dictata, sorry, going there to stop this, you know, insurgency that's going on that we learn mm-hmm. of the leaders and other stuff going on there. So yeah, Black Box is around and still around and, you know, even helped with the trial of Iona we're going to learn about, who was an AI going rampant. And instead of being shut down, wanted to go on trial. And we'll learn a little bit more about that later. Interesting. Interesting. Next up, we have Chauncey. Chauncey was the UNSC Red Horse's old smart AI, so the one getting replaced. We first hear about Chauncey in the Halo Evolution's Essential Tales of the Halo Universe in the Mona Lisa, which was a great story. Began service in 2549. Personality was the former shipboard AI of the Prowler UNSC Red Horse. Made little effort to make people feel comfortable around him, but did so through his actions, and people really appreciated that. It wasn't kind of like the buddy-buddy, but would, like, do stuff for you and make sure things were done right, and really interested. And we're going to learn that everyone really appreciated Chauncey after he left compared to the new AI that replaced him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So moving on from Chauncey, we have Cortana, you know, third generation AI, you know, better known as CTN. 0452-9. As we all know, as a UNSC military AI, it was Dr. Halsey's second AI after she cloned her, her brain, or no, herself. She cloned herself mm-hmm. 20 times and extracted the brain. Uh, according to Alex, all caps, evil. Yes. That's all you know. <laughs> well, I mean, we do know Cortana well enough. I mean, especially if you've been listening to this podcast, we've talked way too much about her, but overall, you know, uh, was 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 assigned to uh, be John 117's personal AI. And and kind of almost like a dartboard pick. It mm-hmm. was like Halsey had all these Spartans up, and Cortana's like, that one. Mm, yeah, because he's lucky. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I think that's more of like a fascination thing. She kind of wanted to see, is this luck? Is this skill? What is this? But, you know, James Ackerson at one point tried to take him out. It didn't work. Mm -hmm. He literally backhanded a missile or something. And then, you know, of course, in Halo 2 was left on high charity and then eventually rescued by John after being kind of messed with with the grave mine, finally being killed off in Halo 4 to save John, comes back in Halo 5 and she's evil and had horrible writing. (laughs) And we'll see, you know, whether Infinite brings something with it or not, Mm -hmm. we'll see. Next up, we have the Curator, CTR1121-4, which was a UNSC Rubicon Smart AI. And I will say this, if I don't put their affiliation, assume it's UNSC or ONI. There's a couple that are outside of that, but for the most part, Mm -hmm. they're within the military. First appearance in Halo Mythos, ended service in 2559. Assigned to the UNSC Rubicon on their expedition to Installation 00. They recovered 343 Guilty Spark, who in turn took the ship. So this is, you know, where we're learning that, you know, 343 was recovered from there, Mm -hmm. that was brought. But yeah, you know, Guilty Spark basically just was like, hey guys, how's it going? Here's my story. Oh, I'm also been going through your system and taking the entire thing over. So fun stuff. See a nerd. Yeah. And so Guilty Spark ended up dropping the curator off on the Ark where the AI managed to make contact with the domain and basically be able to talk with that and learn a bunch of stuff. Because the domain, as we've learned early on within the 400 Trilogy, a little bit, is this huge just kind of knowledge base of everything. And the curator, who we learn, you know, is is storing this knowledge and everything, uh, actually ends up resisting the call of Cortana in 2558. One, it's because he's so far away. But it's also this knowledge base of being able to kind of resist that call, not join the created, and still maintain everything with on the arc. Mm-hmm. And what was kind of cool is left a, a huge log on the arc after kind of he started hit rampancy. And we'll see that from a decent number of AIs. They mm-hmm. leave behind almost like a will of like a lot of audio logs or just visual logs that somewhat make it so into terminals or just in the lore aspects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So moving on. We have our next AI, Deep Winner, who is a fifth-generation AI, overseer of UNSC facilities on Planet Audix, succeeding Eternal Spring. First appearance was Halo Ghost Savonix, began service 2537, and ended service 2551. Personality is an old man with a snowy cape, often accompanied by, a, by holographic ice and snow. So kind of like Santa. I guess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, but not really. But cared much for the Spartan 3s along with Kurt and Mendez. We That's kind of like one of the last things he did was send a message to Kurt. It was mm-hmm. like, someone's messing with these Spartan 3s. He's like, Kurt's like, yeah, duly noted. He's like, crap, it's me. I'm the guy messing with him. Yeah, <laughs> and, it's, and that's pretty much where it ends. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Deep Winter really cared and was like, listen, someone put these extra drugs in there and, and, and we need to figure out who. And then that's when Kurt, because we also don't know if Kurt's going to be a bad guy at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we're, we're kind of like Kurt's like, oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And he's like, he's gone because he even said like he has to go. Yep. And yeah. and he ends up going after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, next up is Endless Summer. M-I-L-A-I-4279. Fifth generation AI, overseer of the UNSC facilities on Planet Onyx, succeeding Deep Winter. First appearance, Halo Ghosts of Onyx, began service 2551, ended service 2552. So... Not too long. Personality, a tall, red Cherokee Native American chief, bare-chested, wearing buckskins, and with a feathered spear in hand. Unlike Deep Winter, did not care for the Spartans or those in charge, mostly just stayed to himself. You know, if if you're thinking the winter is kind of like cozy, nice, hey, how's it going, guys? Like, Mm -hmm. summers, and they try to compare that summer and winter, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but Summer's completely offhand. The only time Summer really showed up was when need be. Yeah. When they start to get attacked by the monitors and things start to go wrong, that's when Summer kind of jumps jumps in. Wakes and, up and, from the nap. It's like, oh, crap, I should do something about this. Yeah, and actually will come to Kurt and Mendez and, and help out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then next, you know, since we're all on this kind of seasonal thing, we have Eternal Spring. First known overseer of the UNSC facilities on planet Onyx, aided in reconnaissance of Zone 67. Uh, began service 2530, ended service 2537, and Eternal Spring agreed to devote 9% of his runtime to the Spartan 3 program and got along very well with Kurt Ambrose. Yeah, so this was the early AI we didn't hear much about. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of Kurt bringing it up and talking about Eternal Spring being there really when they started and found Onyx uh, until Deep Winter replaced. Mm-hmm. Next, we have Gabriella, GBA, Game Boy Advance, 0983-6. This was an interesting one. Fifth generation AI caretaker of, of Outpost Discovery. Recovered from UNSC Promise of Dawn. First appearance in Halo Lone Wolf. And Lone Wolf was kind of like a uh, eh, promotional piece for Outpost Discovery. Yeah, in a way. Yeah, it definitely was like, hey, here it is. Uh, So created to catalog human history near the end of the Human Covenant War. And it's thought to be she's the only one of her kind that Mm. has the entire catalog of human history and human knowledge within her. There's no other AIs that have had that, and that's why she was so important to be able to recover. Uh, she was thought to be lost on Reach during the fall because she was there, you know, kind of absorbing all this knowledge, just kind of a, a catalog or library mm-hmm. of sorts, but ended up being recovered by Linda. After her recovery, she was transferred to Earth to become the caretaker of Outpost Discovery. And a little knowledge for you, uh, Melissa Periara was cast as Gabriella for the real-life Outpost Discovery. I don't know who that is. Uh, actress. It's, okay. It's she's just plays her. Okay. Okay. She's so. If, whenever you see the actual, say someone from like Dawson's Creek or something famous. I don't. No. Know. No. They actually did. A, they actually did a huge wipe, a huge sweep to try and get someone for uh, it. Okay. They okay. brought in a hundred. They brought in ten thousand applicants, narrowed it down to hundred, narrowed it down to twenty, narrowed it down to five, and picked Gabriella, who they, Jeez. yeah, who they they scanned in, and so whenever you go to Outpost Discovery, she was the AI that you communicated with. Okay. Okay. But moving on from that, we have Governor Sloan. SLN 0291-5, part of the Leon Dortmund Corporation AI. Uh, he is the governor of Meridian, Planet Meridian. Mm-hmm. First appearance was Halo 5 Guardians and began service before 2549. Affiliation with the Liang Dortmund Corporation uh, later to the created. So mm-hmm. when Cortana took over, it's like, AI has come join me. He was probably one of the first to jump ship. I think... I think- he was because he's a dick we'll learn we'll learn a bit a little bit about him yeah so personality adamantly opposed to the unsc and publicly supported the insurrection leader of the independent human outer colony of meridian until october 25th 2558 when he joined the created Mm -hmm. uh he was in power for at least nine years devoting most of his effort to fighting off his rampancy and and we see that's really why he joined Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, ordered a mining team to dig out a foreigner installation, believing that they would be rewarded. And they did this in earnesty. Mm-hmm. You know, on Meridian, they figured out there was a foreigner installation within it. Yeah. So thinking that they'd be rewarded handsomely, 
he assigned this mining team to start to excavate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Cortana contacted Sloan shortly there afterwards, you know, telling him that she could cure his rampancy, just help me out. So it, what he did is he helped Blue Team to activate the Guardian while Cortana gave him early warning to escape the planet. Mm-hmm. That was, It was just messing the planet up. He then pledged his loyalty to her and thus got... His his kind of uh, immortality with it. So for, yes, as far as we know, you it, know. I, it could have been a ploy. I know that Cortana was cured of her rampancy. I, I can't remember off the top of my head whether or not she's been actually truly been able to do it. Mm-hmm. But as as far as he was, he knew he yes. was going to be cured of his rampancy. Exactly. Next up, we have Iona IOA seven two zero one dash four third generation AI, and this was the AI attached to Spartan Black Team. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's first appearance in Halo Bloodline. Personality, tall, slender woman of color with short, curly hair. And this is one of, like I said, two or three AIs that can do this. Occasionally, you know, she would switch this childlike version of herself when she kind of got in danger or distress. It's an anime character of herself. I'm, that's all I can. That's all I'm going to say. It ain't child. It's an anime character. And, and this is when the monitor took over that per- like was able to take over that part of the personality mm-hmm. because she had this not split personality but she could switch between them mm-hmm. so i think it allowed uh for the monitor to get in take over and, and have this crazy battle inside which is yes. kind of fun uh yeah so like i said she assisted black team during their crash on line installation 1-4 uh filed status reports sent back to oni of the squad so we get that between the different comic books like whenever mm-hmm. it's like that back page of like a report it's her sending it back to command and appealed her decommissioning due to rampancy and had a virtual trial with Black Box and Roland. You know, that she later learned was a lie and it was just to kind of make her feel better. Like, no matter what, she was getting decommissioned. Mm-hmm. But they yeah. were like, okay, we'll have a trial. Like, we'll have a virtual trial. Because she basically said, if humans can have trials to determine, like, their worth and if they live or die, why can't I? Mm-hmm. You know, and her, and her rampancy was kind of questioning more of the morality of everything at that point. Which is pretty interesting. So she ended up kind of being decommissioned, kind of going into experimentation because Oni was very interested in how she was going rampant and like what she was doing. So Mm -hmm. she kind of was put into this stasis to be, unfortunately, kind of like harvested and like discovered what really was going on. Yeah. Next on our list, we have Isabel. ISA... 1307 2, who is a logistical AI for the Henry Lamb Research Outpost on Insulation 00, now part of the UNSC Spirit of Fire crew. First appearance was Halo Wars 2 and began service March 2556. So, for Isabel's personality, short haired young woman in a tank top and who is also orange, Isabel considered the research team at the outpost she managed to be her friends and was greatly distraught when they were killed by the Banish in a surprised attack. Mm-hmm. So we really see that in the game, her atta- her emotional attachment later on and how much it affected her when she couldn't help them. She's a logistical AI. She's not, she's not a uh, military AI. And that's really what pushes her to it, which is mm-hmm. really crazy. Yeah, and she seems to have no qualms with retreating, having no combat experience, as we said. She became afraid and sought to escape the facility. She would come to hold a grudge against the chief of the banished Atriox. Isabel also agreed to help the crew of the UNSC Spirit of Fire defeat the banished as she fought for retribution and desired to find a new family among the ship's crew. Her story arc is really neat. Mm-hmm. If you if you haven't played or watched the cutscenes of mm-hmm. Halo 2... Go do it now. 
because it's such a well-told, beautiful, just put-together piece. And Isabel is such a neat character for it that really ties a lot of it together, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She was created by scanning and replicating the neural pathways of Anna Rose Camello, a test pilot who was killed in an accident on Mars, probably fighting a demon from Doom. I got Doom on the mind lately. (laughs) Did not begin her first assignment until 2558, where she was tasked with managing logistics at the Henry Lamb Research Outpost on Installation 00. With the Jiro Hanai attack, the camp was overrun. She was recovered by Spartan Red Team and did eventually work on upgrading the Spirit of Fire itself. And she also set up war games. Mm -hmm. So she was kind of the start of a lot of that. And I love the description of some of the stuff she did at the ship, which is like a lot of like against UNSC protocols. Mm -hmm. But she just goes, "Eh, the captain will vouch for me. Exactly. Like like, we're doing we're doing good out here. Next, we have Juliana. And Juliana was the commercial AI operating in Madrigal, unpacked after the planet's destruction by the Covenant to control the rubble's guidance and maneuvering. First appearance in Halo, the Cole Protocol. Lovely, amazing book. Great, great book. Began service in 2526 and ended service in 2535 with a nine-year lifespan. Personality, despite having been rampant for some time, Juliana did not engage in aggressive or destructive behaviors like some AIs. Cortana. (laughs) The reason for being that, according to her, was that the rubble meant so much to her that the necessity of keeping it running and thriving held her sanity together. Certain elements of her behavior strongly pointed to rampancy, however, such as a somewhat egotistical sense of greatness to the rubble. This was not exaggerated, but her manner of thinking of herself as almost a god was unusual. Her taking a strong liking to Jai 006, the Spartan leader of Great Team, is somewhat strange as well. You know, but I think she kind of appreciated... His personality and power and, mm-hmm. and kind of what it meant to that team. Juliana held the safety of the rubble higher than any personal interest of the leading council. Despite the council's ruling to have Delgado give up the navigation data, she assisted Great Team in retrieving the data and rescuing the ODSTs of the UNSC Midsummer Night from confinement. Also another action against the ruling of the council. Yeah, I mean, it did show for the good of it, mm-hmm. but that she she thought of the council as just this kind of like, I mean, my, I have final say, but if you want to run, like, your little operation, whatever, as long as there's no harm to the rubble. Mm-hmm. And we see that rampancy take over, and it does end up saving a lot of people because of it. Yeah. And, like I said, the affiliation was to the Rubble Security Council, originally created to help guide asteroids to process on the colony of Madrigal. At some point, she was transferred to the rubble, an insurrectionist colony in the asteroid belt. When we learned about this, this was really, like, the first time in the halo content that we really learn of like the trading between covenant and humans like so blatantly and so just like intermingled mm-hmm. but she prepared she knew that the kigyar had something up their sleeve to betray the colony betray the human so she 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 had a plan she knew what she was doing she figured out that they wanted the data on earth you know to find out where the coordinates were so she hacked into spartan great team's stealth ship to seek their aid and basically that's when they freaked out like what ai is in here she's like oh chill hold on I got a proposition for you. Let's save these people and do this. And knowing when we get to the end of the book and when, you know, things are going down and everyone's trying to escape, knowing that she would be consumed by her rampancy, she offered to stay behind and crash the rubble into Reth's Ungoy breeding grounds on Metaset, the moon that was there. Mm-hmm. She had bombarded the Redoubt, which is his ship, with the asteroids, killing them and herself. She, she went down on her own terms. Exactly. And she allowed, she helped guide those asteroids, you know, 
whenever we say they go through slip space, they finally have a asteroid go through slip space into mm. UNSC controlled space, and like, hey, it's us, just a big old <laughs> asteroid. But yeah, you know, I, I think it was just super noble and just so badass, like just destroy, like drive herself and just blow everything up. Mm, yeah. So next we have Kalmaya, who is Dr. Halsey's former personal AI, which is known, you know, kind of as Cortana's older sister. Mm -hmm. First appearance was Halo First Strike and began service before 2537 and ended service 2552. So as far as personality, she served as an assistant to Dr. Halsey far beyond the safe operational years of no rampancy and was created as a platform for experimental software. She was left behind at Castle Base during the fall of Reach and helped Halsey and the Spartans escape the structure. She was killed during Operation White Glove to prevent the AIs from getting into enemy hands. And this is one of those really sad scenes where Halsey's talking to Kamaya. And because she had told Kilmai that, oh, I don't have a kill switch in you. That's mm -hmm. just a couple AIs. Mm -hmm. And when she goes, it's time to shut down. And that's when she goes, you know, I basically like I thought of you as a mom. Like, I appreciate your service and my service to you. Thank mm -hmm. you. Yeah. And even so, I think I think that it even said that Halsey could get away with lying to an AI, which is like one of the few, few people that could do that. Mm -hmm. Next, we have Kusanagi, a second generation AI who partook in the defense of Jericho 7 in 2535. First appearance <laughs> in the Halo interactive strategy game. Oh, man. Go listen to that episode if you haven't. What a goofy game. What a goofy game. But I'll give you kind of a summary of, of, of the missions. In 2535, before the Battle of Jericho 7, Kusanagi was monitoring all transmissions to the system in which she intercepted an encrypted covenant message from the Prophet of Candor, which I think is the only time we see that Prophet as well. I believe so, yeah. Uh, stating the covenant were to attack Jericho 7. She proceeded to go over the scenario and ask Blue Team to assist. In 2552, so years later, during the fall of Reach, Kusanagi was intercepting covenant communications and learnt of a force that was coming to destroy generators powering Castle Base. She proceeded to ask Blue Team to destroy navigation data to Earth, and soon after the plan had fallen, the Prophet of Candor ordered his forces to recover a Forerunner artifact near Castle Base. Kusanagi, of course, was still active and proceeded to ask surviving UNSC forces to stop the Covenant forces from getting access to the artifact. So it's really interesting. They created an AI, you know, entirely for this game. Mm -hmm. Hasn't seen anything else outside like of this anything else from the game yes saw no other light of day no terminals <laughs> no fringe thing from 343 about it just kind of that was it <laughs> yeah so our next ai is leo the office of naval intelligence official ai first appearance was halo fractures and the story anna rosa mm -hmm. began service before march 2556 and personality is a man wearing a neat fitting suit and fedora. So, cool guy. Cool guy. <laughs> Unless it's like a 30s gangster. Uh, now, if you said he has a Tommy gun. It's it's pretty much, yeah, pretty much like of that style and, and look of it. Hey, what you doing here? You ain't supposed to be in the Office of Naval Intelligence. Get out of here. I'll beat your head down. Like that, but like more <laughs> suave. <laughs> so in the story of Anna Rosa, Leo works with Oni to Consul Michael Carmelo, brother of Anna Rosa Carmelo, who died in an industrial accident. He explained Oni wanted to use Anna Rosa's mind to form a new AI. When asked if the AI will remember who she was, Leo explains 
he doesn't remember his donor, but he does have memories that are not his own. However, when fully convinced, he reveals to Agent Pross that he quote-unquote learned from the best, insinuating that he was lying. Yeah, so he basically went in and is consoling, you know, this guy just lost his sister Mm -hmm. and is saying, you know, we need her mind for AIs, like, and basically lies, a little white lie, but enough, and says, you know, I don't remember who, like, my donor was, but I do have these memories that aren't mine. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it was enough to convince, like, you know what, if, if she can, like, have those memories. But then when he gets in the car, he's an asshole. And it's just like, oh, yeah, I learned from the best. No, I don't remember any of that stuff. Jeez. And it's basically just, he's there. It's Oni. I mean, uh-huh, it's Oni. Yeah. And is there with Oni to convince, you know, these these people to donate these minds to Oni to experiment on and create AIs. Mm, That's pretty much yeah. what his purpose is. Next, we have Leonidas, OG Spartan, mm-hmm. who was the administrative AI of the Spartan 4 training facility. That's so boring. Leonidas, like a real OG Spartan, and they're like, yeah, oh. you're an admin. Oh, hold on. Let me continue with it, too. <laughs> First appearance was in Halo Bad Blood, began service in 2553. Personality, a disembodied Greek Spartan helmet with visible white eyes and teeth terrifying <laughs> also just like it's so on the nose of yeah it's a spartan helmet they're spartans we're training spartans because it's leonidas <laughs> the king of the spartans remember he created from the mind of a spartan four that died during the augmentation process he was the administrator of the spartan training station worked alongside june to ensure the day-to-day functions of the station worked well however in october of 2558 he joined up with cortana's created asshole and he hid this from june as he ran the station so june had been up for like i think it was like five days straight battling this and Leonidas like dude I got this take a nap you know get some munchies or something I'll handle the station Mm -hmm. and so he basically ran it day to day while plotting behind June's back well during this you know Buck was trying to contact June and figure out what was going on and they were getting no response so Buck uh, along with his team go in and kind of infiltrate the facility and see what's going on yeah and Leonidas is like oh no 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 He's um he's indisposed, he's he's napping, he's good. And he's like, Well, I need to I need to chat with him real quick. And that's when uh Leonidas is like, Oh yeah, yeah, sure, sure. L- Buck, just give me access to your nav data and uh your your comm link and everything, and I'll just show you where he is. But at that time, they had Virgil, who we also know as pretty m- the the city AI from ODST. Yeah, he has a superintendent, so kind of like a back and forth, but kind of upgraded into him. And Virgil's like, uh, uh no, no, no. Like Don't do that. Like cause Virgil's also in the system and seeing that Leonidas hid June. And mm-hmm. then that's when Leonidas started to kind of go on the offensive and ended up turning the Spartans that were there against Buck and saying, No, they're he's trying to kill June. He's against us, kill Buck. But at that same time, Buck was also reasoning and saying, No, that AI's gone bad. And when they mm-hmm. start to turn towards the AI, Leonidas vents them out into space. And kills him. Buck stays. I mean, Buck obviously lives. We know Buck. Yeah. Eventually, though, as Leonidas tries to engage this other attack, Virgil actually goes in and basically kind of shuts him down enough for Buck to be able to pull basically the chip out mm-hmm. of the system and find June and get out of there. However, little do they know is during that whole battle ensuement, Leonidas had stored fragments of himself on both Dutch and Gretchen. Mm-hmm. And w- what this did was allowed Cortana's army to get the location of the Cassidy three. And this is all a lot of words and stuff. Basically Leonidas is garbage and allowed Cortana to basically find these aspects and get to this 
base that she wanted to go to and and, and basically take this whole section out. Mm-hmm. However, what happens is Cortana gets there. She's like, give up Leonidas, surrender. So they surrender. They put Leonidas on a, a data pad and they give it to a guardian. And guardian takes it as the guardian's like going away with it. We actually see Romeo fire a Gauss rifle and blow up the data pad. Got him. And hopefully took it out. However, they don't know if there are other remnants yeah. of Leonidas around, if they're in other armor, if they're somewhere else. Because basically, Cortana promised Leonidas a guardian. That's pretty much what this was, and that's mm-hmm. why that whole betrayal happened. Yeah. But you know what? Live by the sword, die by the sword. Mm-hmm. That's what I always say. <laughs> <laughs> so next on our list, we have Loki. Colony ship AI, military grade, for the UNSC Skid Blodner, who was uh, reassigned as a planetary security intelligence on Harvest Second AI core on standby next to the AI Mac, mm-hmm. kind of like his mirror personality. Yeah, it's the only time we ever see this where it's basically two AIs sharing this almost the same core. They have different mm-hmm. – we'll learn within Loki and Mac about it. But, yeah, it's the only time we ever see two AIs that can only – what do you even call it? Who's Manny faces from uh, uh, Masters of the Universe kind of thing? Yeah, and only one AI can be present. Called? Yeah, and but they but they allow the Jotuns, the sweet ass big tractors. The AI gets stored in those when they're mm-hmm. not active. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or I'm thinking of the mayor of uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes, no, yes, that's what it is. Yes, exactly. <laughs> First appearance was Halo Contact Harvest. Began service before twenty five twenty five and ended service twenty five twenty five. So for personality, you know, is is the actually the same as Mac, just a little cleaner. Mac and Loki share the same data center, which means that only one AI can be present itself at a time. The two would switch between matrices, allowing one control of the Yotins and avoiding rampancy. So if Mac was a softy, Loki was all tactical and heartless. He worked with lighter than some to fire the mass driver into the Covenant warship rapid conversion, which this is all from from, you know, as we said, Contact Harvest. I do recommend this book. Great book. Mm-hmm. Uh, this little description does not do any of it justice. <laughs> you know, he he didn't expect the Covenant to counterattack and was saved by Mac, but weakened by a spike grenade to his mainframe. Loki sought to destroy Sif, a, uh, an order against Mac to keep Sif safe. So remember, there's this kind of like internal struggle. Mm-hmm. You know, Sif is a different AI that we'll talk about uh, that was present. On Harvest. Yeah, if Mac was the agricultural one, Sif was kind of the business and ran the planet one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then with an argument from Sif herself, Mac allowed Loki to destroy Sif's data center. Mm-hmm. Now we have Lorelei. What a name AI, or a lame AI name. Listen. Lorelei. You ain't been watching Gilmore Girls. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Lorelei was the ship AI of the CMA Season of Plenty first appearance was in Halo Evolutions, Essential Tales of the Halo Universe, in The <laughs> Impossible Life and the Possible Death of Preston J. Cole. That's why I assume it's all red. <laughs> uh, began service in 2589, so one of our oldest AIs. Mm-hmm. Personality, a woman wearing a toga, a sickle in her belt, and a wreath of wheat crowning her head. When she shut down for routine maintenance, it was put upon crewman apprentice Preston Cole to do the calculations for this slip space jump by hand. So remember, this is when Preston was really starting to climb the ranks, mm-hmm. and they were just basically bullying him at this point. Giving him stuff to do for I think the it, sake of doing it. Yeah, because I think it was it was the nav guy's job to mm-hmm. figure this out. And he's like, man, I don't want to do this calculation by hand. It's not even AI. Uh, Cole, 
do this calculation. Mm-hmm. And so when Preston Cole did it, you know, Lorelai wakes back up. is like, what'd you do over there? Oh, you did it. And looks at it and is like, well, this is really like crude and rudimentary. But wait, you discovered a new way to slip space jump that mm-hmm. like saves us time and actually is more accurate. Yeah. And if you haven't read this story out of any of them, this one is just so good because it just mm-hmm. shows how like badass and integral Preston Cole was to the Cole Protocol yeah. and to everything that happened that really saved humanity from the Covenant. Mm-hmm. So now we have Lysithia, who is a UNSC slash Oni AI, who was located on the UNSC High Command's headquarters, Highcom facility Bravo 6 in Sydney, Australia. So first appearance was Halo First Strike. Personality, a sweet feminine voice with a laugh that sounds like, quote, Fine bone china clicking together. What does that mean? It's from the book. I don't know. And what does that mean? That sounds awful, if anything. <laughs> it's from the book. Yeah, it was a security AI that functioned at high comm testing the tone and conditions of responses she got to her questions. So, you know, really it's like, hmm, I was a little mean on that one. Let me try to be a little more caring. If you've well, ever... well, well, it was more so for truth. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> It's most so. It was more so to see like who was telling truth to get into Highcom and who could like access nah, his nah, points. Nah, nah. Or yes, it was. It was <laughs> yes, a, a test of just other things. But tried to squeak out any juicy gossip or classified info she could. Yeah, I think she was just bored. So she's like, "What do you got <laughs> Same. for me?" <laughs> Occasionally, you're bored at work. You're like, "What's the gossip? Yeah, what's going on here? What's gossip?" Questioned Lieutenant Wagner before he entered a briefing with several top UNSC officials. So it's the only time we really see her ever mm-hmm. is is when she's there. And, and has this conversation with Wagner and, and, and what's going on and, you know, just a little little pieces about her. Uh, next, we got the Mac Attack, also known as Mac, who was the Colonial Administrative Authority AI in the, the Agricultural Operations. First appearance is Halo Contact Harvest, ended service February 2525. Personality, an avatar of a stereotypical American cowboy from the 19th century, generally covered in dust and grease. And he did this to feel like he was working yeah, and it also helped him be more appealing to the working men of Harvest. Yes, and that was a big thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Mac was really lighthearted and spoke in the Southern drawl, was really well-liked, like I said. And he was thought of as, like, Uncle Mac. He was, like, the uncle mm-hmm. to the people, and he was always there around to comfort. You know, even when the Covenant started to attack, he was there comforting everyone and saying, oh, it'll be okay. Like, let's just go over here. Like, we just need to evacuate. Like, don't worry. And, like, talking to the kids and trying to... Be lighthearted, but at the same time, he split himself, and he's, like, also operating, and be like, I know what we have to do. Because you would see his tone change when he talked to, when he talked to like, Johnson or anyone else, and he's like, I, I get it. Mm-hmm. I get what we have to do. Let me handle this first, because this has to be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really awesome character. And then during the Battle of Harvest, whenever Loki took over, he assisted by driving those Jotuns around. Mm-hmm. And I just imagine them just, like, just, like, going around, crashing Fast and stuff. Fast and furious. Yes. And they were huge. And they, you know, they helped a huge amount of the operation, taking things out destroying ships, destroying Covenant. Like, it, it helped, it saved them. Like mm-hmm. I said, it saved Loki, too, because he was able to drive them into, you know, the Covenant all around. Unfortunately, took that spike grenade, damaging the center, mm-hmm. but did that. You know, and like I said, he gave one final task to Loki to protect Sif at all costs. With Loki's betrayal, Mac took the Jotuns to destroy Loki's data center. And on the way, Sif told Mac it was okay to let her die, as she had gone rampant and wanted to go on her own terms. Finally, Mac sent a transmission into space, which was later recovered by the destroyer Heracles, and later given to Doctor Catherine Halsey. Mm-hmm. It was it was sad. He was he was he was describing to Sif death. Yes, essentially. Yeah, it was. Oh man, it was tough. 
Yeah, and especially because you know he he was you know, he was it, it was weird because it's the first time we're seeing an AI love another AI who's very flirtatious with her, and then yeah, it, it ends with him just saying how cold it was and mm-hmm. how much he missed her and seeing the planet die. It was very dark, but super good. And next up, let me handle this one because this one's a. Uh... This was an interesting one. AI Melissa, which was a UNSC Oni AI attached to the UNSC Apocalypso. First appearance, ilovebees.com. Really interesting that we have like our first AI within I Love Bees. Mm-hmm. And after being infected by a covenant program, Melissa was blown apart coming through slip space back to Earth, throwing her to the early 21st century. So crazy time travel. And in 2004, some fragments infected ilovebees.com. And fun fact, Melissa is the Greek word for bee. Hmm. Which is interesting because they're basically, I love that the the lore was that I Love Bees was just a, a bee site about loving bees. Yeah, it's a beekeeper's website. It's a beekeeper's like, hey, website. Guys. But her fragments in 2004 infected it mm-hmm. and allowed her to transmit data to earthlings and to everyone else around to try and get these things figured out. Yeah. And I will tell you, it's a whole soap opera, so if you haven't checked out I Love Bees, please check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically, this Covenant Seeker, who we'll talk a little bit about, was a Covenant AI, known as the Pious Flea. Actually followed her through. And during this battle, there was these other things that attacked, and a princess, but the princess saved someone, and it did this thing, and there's I Love Bees. <laughs> and that pretty much gives it. But a battle ensues, the Seeker being destroyed, and the System Peril Distributed Reflex Spider prepared the I Love Bees server to keep it functional for 500 years until October 9th, 2552 at 6.07 a.m. until they could come back to the future with the past knowledge. So basically what this spider has done is made sure that I Love Bees stays up for 500 years, Hmm. making sure that Melissa stays in it so that when she gets to the time when she went back in time, she can then reconnect and have the past knowledge of the future with the past. Incredible. It's back to the future, but Halo. Another section of Melissa stayed in 2552, and when both the past and current self combined, she was able to save her friends from captivity and continue to work as a rogue AI, just saving her friends around the universe from these, like, Halo attacks, she, or Covenant attacks, she knew were going to happen. She's like the Batman of AIs. Yeah, she went back in time, played the Halo games, figured out what her future was, went back in time <laughs> to a real time when Halo was... And was able to predict those things. Incredible. So so next on our list after that, very apt description of I Love Bees. You're very welcome. That's that's our episode right there, too. We have <laughs> Moye, who is shipboard AI of the UNSC Heart of Midlothian. First appearance, Halo Evolutions, Essential Tales of the Halo Universe, Midnight in the Heart of Midlothian. Ended service before 2552. So personality, she took on the appearance of a small elderly Chinese woman in peasant's clothing. When the Covenant attacked the Heart of Midlothian, Moye assisted ODST Sergeant Michael Baird in trying to take out the borders. Unable to destroy the ship as there were UNSC personnel on board, Baird goaded a Zanghili into killing him. As he dies, Moye starts a countdown with the boarding party still on board and staring down the Sanghili commander. And then she stops and says, just kidding. There's no need for a countdown whatsoever and self-destructs the ship. 
Her name is a reference to Moi Ye, a swordsmith from a Chinese folktale who sacrificed herself in order to successfully forge a sword that also has, or was named after her as well. Yeah, so so this is in reference to Moye, which is uh, another sword within this kind of legendary sword, similar to Cortana mm. and similar to uh, the AI in Myth. I forget what that one is. Go listen to our, our Combat Evolved episode. We, we definitely talk about that because there, there's three swords total. Yes. And then... That one sword was used for the AI and myth, and they were going to use another one, but then they decided to use Cortana. Yes. And so that's pretty much what it's in reference to, or what we think. Mm -hmm. But you'll soon learn, Moye is in my top five. Absolutely love Moye. Absolutely love this story. Mm -hmm. I love AIs that just blow stuff up. (laughs) You will soon learn when we get to the end of this. (laughs) Uh, Spoiler. Next up, we have Rebecca. Oh, yeah. The UNSC Red Horse's Smart AI. First appearance, Halo Evolution's Essential Tales of the Halo Universe, The Mona Lisa. Began service 2546. Personality, middle-aged Mediterranean woman in a flower dress or an ancient Greek warrior. So this is another one that can Mm flip-flop. Like I said, there's only a couple of them. Having replaced Chauncey as the Red Horse's new smart AI, much to the dismay of the crew, who preferred the even-tempered Chauncey to the cold Rebecca. Like I said, Chauncey was even-tempered, didn't really seek to please people, just did actions. Rebecca's cold, Mm -hmm. doesn't care about humans, really only cares about the mission. As Marines were entering the Mona Lisa, Rebecca refused to say what was aboard, only stating, quote, we have our orders. And this is even when the commander's like, dude, what is on this ship? Why did the Mona Lisa go down? Mm -hmm. What happened to it? And they're like learning about like those naked Sangheili running around and everything. Like, what is going on? And so finally, Rebecca opens up to Commander uh, Tobias Falkalt about what happened and base says the flood mm-hmm. like yeah it was a lost cause we needed to kind of see what happened there and now that we know we can leave it, mm-hmm. it was it was because her, her she commander thought i'm in charge this is my ai but it was literally like an oni ai mm-hmm. put was, on there that was just there to figure out what happened yeah he learns he has no power eventually and has to let his men die mm-hmm. but next on our list roland rld 0205-4, who's UNSC AI shipboard AI of the UNSC Infinity as of 2558, whose first appearance was Halo 4 Spartan Ops and began service December 5th, 2557. As for personality, has a dry sense of humor and slightly sarcastic personality. He also has a strong sense of morality, even going up against Dr. Halsey and lecturing her on her wrongdoings. World War II era pilot can also perform weddings. Yes. He does uh hmm Buck's and what's her face's wedding? Veronica. Veronica. Buck and Buck and Veronica's wedding. He uh since he's technically a captain, and if you're at sea or in space, the captain can technically marry people. And so Roland such a weird law. I love it. Roland <laughs> married them. And they even talk, I think it's uh Buck and Romeo are talking like is even legal? And Romy's like, who cares, dude? Like, Go for he's it. A, he's a captain. We can do it. You're married. You're married. <laughs> Love it. Roland replaced Ain aboard the Infinity, who was destroyed when the ship crashed on Requiem in July 2557. And he, along with Black Box, held the the trial for Iona. Yeah, the one we talked about earlier. Uh, he is also able to fend off Cortana's call to join the created. So, so he was uh, definitely... They tried to recruit him along mm-hmm. with all the other AIs. 
he he luckily was loyal enough to Lasky and the Infinity. Yes, and I think I think having foreigner tech probably helped that a lot on the Infinity. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I already got some foreigner stuff. I'm good, fam. Yeah, we're good. Next, we have a very sad story. We have Rooker RKR twelve oh six dash five. Office of Naval Intelligence AI, Station AI for the research facility Argent Moon. First appearance in Halo 5 Guardians. Began service 2550, ended service 2557. Personality, not much revealed to him. It's, it's just this kind of fringe AI, because what happened after an industrial accident aboard the Argent Moon, which killed everyone on board, Rooker took to himself to try and warn Oni and other ships that hazardous materials were like coming off of this and to stay away if you even try and salvage it. Six months into his rampancy from there, he took over and just terminated himself. Damn. Super sad story. Like, got this crew, this kind of containment field just goes up and kills everyone, and he's just basically spent the rest of his life putting warning signs everywhere. Like those, like, yuck mm-hmm. stickers that you used to have as a kid. So yeah. You don't eat those things. Basically what he did all over space. <laughs> Moving on from that, we have Serena, second-generation AI, also known as SNA. 1292-4, UNSC AI served aboard the UNSC Spirit of Fire, whose first appearance was Halo Wars Genesis. Now, as when it comes to personality, she's very sarcastic with a dark sense of humor, treated threats and danger with you know more humor. Yeah, she kind of laughs at it. Yeah, and she, like people are like, oh, we're in danger here. She's like, oh, you're in danger? Well, let me tell you about it. Like, we'll just joke about everything. Mm-hmm. Like, We'll take it serious, but just overly dark about it Mm -hmm. yeah created by daedalia technology a martian company and considered their greatest work of the era replaced the previous shipboard ai of the spirit of fire and assisted in the final battles of the harvest campaign developed cryotechnology weaponry such as the zav-48 frost raven and the tundra bison apc so yeah any of the weaponry that you get in halo wars that has to do with cryo or mm-hmm. freezing she's the one who developed it yeah and even in halo wars 2 as like the leader pack all her stuff is cryo 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 yep. in 2537 at six years old started to fall into rampancy she allowed an engineer to be infected by an infection pod to study the effects instead of preserving the crew. And then upon decommissioning, she sent out a data cluster to preserve her memory, with some of them falling into the hands of 343 Guilty Spark himself. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. In turn, Guilty Spark explained to Ryone about her father's sacrifice and complete the data circle. Yes. So Ryone or Rion we'll learn about later is in the book where basically Gilly Spark gets his redemption. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he fights alongside uh, her, which is that that's a uh, uh, Sergeant Forge's daughter. Mm-hmm. And wrapping up our smart AIs, we have SIF, the colonial authority AI and shipping operations. I'm getting sad all over again. We, we just talked about <laughs> Mac. Now we're doing this again. I know. First appearance in Halo Contact Harvest ended service February 23rd, 2525 personality. Blonde woman wearing a long gown and red poncho. She spoke as if Norse royalty, thinking those on her planet of Scandinavian descent would appreciate it. She was in charge of Harvest shipping operations, which included balancing the tiara, which is basically that huge space elevator and the base mm-hmm. of the planetary balance, space elevators themselves, transportation around the planet, as well as, like I said, if, if Matt handles the ag stuff and getting it all harvested, mm-hmm. like the planet. She's the one who handles, like, the money logistics and where it gets shipped to. Because even Mac asks, hey, can you put a message on that ship for me? And she's like, no. 
I, I, why would you want that? I can't do that. That's not my job. <laughs> we we then see that that kind of struggle between them. They mm-hmm. have that that kind of like brattiness of like she's very proper and he's very redneck in a way, I guess you would say, mm-hmm. but very classy to her. And we later learned that you know she was in love with him because whenever Loki takes over, it doesn't allow Mac and Sif to get that closure. Because he Loki basically takes over because he has to, mm-hmm. and Sif tells Loki, "Can you tell Mac that I love him?" Right before you know he he takes out her data her data center. Mm-hmm. Super sad. And fun fact with it in Norse mythology, Sif, who's actually Thor's wife, and Loki were always at odds. So it's really cool that they kind of put that in there that mm-hmm. that would have always been an aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, so we have our smart AIs, but now let's talk about the dumb AIs. Yeah, so, so going going back. To kind of the OG AIs, I guess you would say, mm. for humans. Yeah. So so dumb AIs are not created using human brains, but are simply highly advanced computer constructs. They cannot learn anything that is outside of their set limits of dynamic memory processing matrix. Uh, they are quite useful in their particular field of expertise, but, you know, they're limited. They're limited to what they know mm-hmm. and how much they can actually process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dumb AIs can function and learn as long as they are active and are not subject to effects of rampancy experienced uh, by aging smart AIs. And by no means, they're not literally dumb AIs. Just as we explained, they're just not the superpower that that smart AIs are. Well, yeah, if you think of it like computer terms, if you have mm-hmm. one drive looking at another, or if this is like the main thing you're using, you have dummy things that'll just follow along with it. Mm-hmm. They're still processing. It's just they have other things that they're just following their protocols, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Starting off, we have Anti Dot. Oh, what a what a what a wonderful day for Anti Dot, <laughs> UNSC Special Warfare AI provided intelligence support for Noble Team. First appearance in the worst game, Halo Reach. Boo! <laughs> Began... You 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 shut up. <laughs> Began service May 9th, twenty five forty one. Personality. Rather than personifying herself in the form of a humanoid avatar like the majority of AIs, Dot's personal representation is a grid of glowing, constantly changing blue lights. Characteristic of dumb military intelligence support AIs, Dot typically speaks in a calm, dry, articulate voice, displaying little emotion compared to AIs like Cortana. During the fall of Reach, she monitored and assisted Noble Team and kept the team's members connected while they were embarking on separate missions. She observed the team and provided intel where possible, through security cameras and satellites orbiting Reach. But her actual physical location during the battle is unknown. Similarly, it is not known if Dot survived the fall of Reach, nor what her activities afterwards were if she did. So, she died. Yeah. So very <laughs> similar to Superintendent. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get to see like those cool angles of like when they're in space, and they have like, the space satellite cams mm-hmm. looking at stuff or going through cities. Yeah, so, I think she also like looks through all the cameras and everything. Yeah, that's exactly well. what she's doing. So, yeah. so she monitors all that, and she's basically the superintendent mm-hmm. of Reach in this aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So our, our next dumb AI is Captain Teach. Navigation AI repurposed for insurrectionist use. Uh-oh. First appearance, Halo Evolutions, Essential Tales of the Halo Universe, Pariah. Uh, ended service after uh, 2527. So personality, his mannerisms, speech, and appearance were inspired by pirates who stalked the Caribbean and American coast of the 16th to 19th century. So literally just a pirate. Basically, I love basically it. it's Edward Teach. 
It's Blackbeard. <laughs> yeah, I love it so much. Uh, assisted Soren 066 and Parch attempt to escape Reach in a longsword interceptor. Yeah, this was this was the AI that Parch had installed in this, the mm-hmm. longsword. D- didn't he? Didn't he do like a captain goes down with his ship kind of thing? Yes. They're like save us. He's like no, <laughs> and then just 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 laughed. Yep, just just like laughed until he died. Basically, <laughs> I, I love Teach. It's Such... like, how how worthless is this AI? It's so good. Love him. Next, we have Damon, a Class L military AI, served alongside Blue Team on December 2553. First appearance was Halo Retribution, began service November 23rd, 2553, ended service just a couple weeks later, December 16th, 2553. (laughs) He had a good run. Good, solid run. Personality, Damon presented themselves as a ghostly, hairless face that appeared neither male nor female and spoke with an androgynous voice. Terrifying. Damon was created under the direction of Rear Admiral Saren Osman to assist Fred 104, who was ordered to have his neural lace upgraded so that his armor could store an enhanced AI that would be able to interface with him, similar to John and Cortana. Mm-hmm. Damon traveled with Fred during the subsequent stages of Operation Retribution, which took him to the planet Gao the day after, and from there to Meridian, a moon of Hestia V. However, rogue Oni units that were there attacked Fred, dropping a 10-ton dump machine on him, damaging a suit, and in turn, killing Damon. See ya, bud. Yeah, and apparently they like, brought the chip back and are still trying to recover him, but they didn't do anything else, at least in the lore with him from there. Yeah. So moving on, we have an OG in the Halo universe. Mm-hmm. Deja, who's an Oni AI and served as a teacher to the Spartan 2s, helped oversee the Spartan augmentation process as well. So really, you know, is is one of the more important AIs, I think, period. Yes. Dumb or and smart. I, and I think one of the longest lasting that we know of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So first appearance, Halo the Fall of Reach, started service 2513 and ended service... 2552. So almost 40 years, 39 years of service. I, that's so crazy to me. Uh, as for personality, it uh, has the appearance of a Greek goddess, barefoot, wrapped in the toga, motes of the light, dancing about her luminous white hair, and holds a clay tablet in her left hand. She usually has a glassy, smooth voice. Yes. <laughs> Just like that. Just yes. not as deep. So glassy. <laughs> Deja lessons were uh, the part of the Spartans training program meant to teach them to employ strategic thinking. She also educated them in history, mathematics, and presumably other fields. In one of her first lessons, she taught the Spartan twos about the famous battle of Thermopylae, where the 300 Spartans made a stand against a quarter of a million Persians. Yes. So Deja's really... The first AI we get to know in the books. Obviously, Cortana is the first. I think almost all of us ran into. But yeah, Deja is the one who trained the Spartans. She was basically mom, teacher, caretaker, and set them up for this and, and really set us up to understand Spartan training in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think, like you said, very integral yeah, and, and necessary to what happened. One of the most important, in my opinion, AIs ever. Mm-hmm. Next, we have Salome, the Brumi Surmer. Municipal Infrastructure AI. First appearance, Halo Battleborn. Personality. Salome took the form of a woman with long glowing hair dressed in clothes 20 years out of date for 2548. Nice rhyme. She <laughs> spoke with an old Earth-style French accent. Oh, yes, it's a me the French accent. 
just our French. I'm sorry, our French Yeah, it's all out of sorts, <laughs> and now I'm just a weird other accent. You sound like a from the Bayou or I'm something. From the Bayou now, I'd be, I'd be down. Cajun. The, be down to Bayou with my French Bayou accent. Sometime before 2548, the city council had her updated to sound more modern, just like that. <laughs> <laughs> resulting in her sounding more like a mother trying to sound cool to her teenage kids. Hey, kids, you yeeting yet? You yeeting on that TikToking? Are it you actually vining? makes me think of, are you a winning son? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what it happened the entire time. Uh, and then this dummy, I was, like I said, in charge of the municipal infrastructure of the town of Brumisimmer on Meridian. That's about it. It was an outdated French accent. Oh, my God. <laughs> Later to be a cool mom. Moving on, we have the superintendent, New Mombasa's Urban Infrastructure AI, whose first appearance was Halo 3 ODST, started service in December 19th, 2512, and ended service October 21st, 2552, and serves as a guide to the rookie in Halo 3 ODST, mm-hmm. and guide Sadie and Sadie's story as well. You know, the superintendent has eight facial expressions, neutral, angry, sad, bored, confused, happy, Sleeping and off. Uh, and, <laughs> off is a facial feature. <laughs> <laughs> and, and remember, you know, uh, Sadie and Dench's father created uh, Virgil. Yes. Th- this, or, or I guess Virgil was kind of like this, like, part of the AI that would kind of help her and monitor her. But he was, he created the AI as well. And eventually engineer, uh, one of the engineers present in New Mabasa kind of absorbed yes, Virgil. is able to take Virgil out and that's that's yeah. the one that you escort out and, mm-hmm. and basically save and that's how we get Virgil and that's how we have you know all of that team is able to you know communicate and have this kind of special relationship with it too which is kind of interesting yeah and yeah I mean the superintendent we see is is almost like a bungee mascot as well mm-hmm. um, you know we, we kind of saw it everywhere and you know it saved everyone in Sadie's story pretty much saved Sadie ran mm-hmm. through it which is fantastic and was just a really neat way to tell a story for Halo 3 ODST. It's the first time we get those out-of-body kind of experiences, seeing the cameras, mm-hmm. directing you through the city. Bird's-eye view and stuff like that. All that stuff. So Superintendent, I mean, was, was an amazing AI. Mm-hmm. And next up, we have Torin, an Oni AI assigned to the diplomatic shuttle Han with Jacob Keyes and Dr. Catherine Halsey during the Spartan 2 candidate evaluation mission. First appearance in Halo, The Fall of Reach. Designed solely to hold the knowledge on subjects he was built to know. Torrin's ability as a dumb AI was limited in comparison to many of the smart AI counterparts. In 2517, Torrin was assigned to the diplomatic shuttle Han with Lieutenant Jacob Keyes and Dr. Catherine Halsey in their mission to evaluate possible candidates of the Spartan II program. On August 17th, Torrin aided and catered to Dr. Halsey as they entered the Eridanus system to evaluate the first potential Spartan II candidates on Eridanus II. Mm-hmm. That's about it. I mean, it was basically a long book yeah. of mm-hmm. like, so Halsey could pull up on her data pad. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Yeah. And so finally, for dumb AIs, we have Wellesley, which is an, kind of an OG yes. uh, in, in, in the Halo universe. So, someone we talked about very early on in the, even this podcast. Yes, it's, it's the only AI we're really seeing. Or really, there's, there's a lot of new material in the Flood, but he's one of the only big characters that we're seeing out of that that really had a hand along with Jenkins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Wellesley is a Class C military assistant AI. First appearance, Halo the Flood. Mm-hmm. Uh, ended service September 22nd, 2552. 
personality is a stern-looking man with longish hair, prominent nose, a collared coat, supposed to look like an 18th-century British officer. Mm -hmm. He helped Major Antonio Silva and First Lieutenant Melissa McKay set up and operate Alpha Base on Installation 04. Wellesley was ultimately consumed in the destruction of the Truth and Reconciliation. This was that super sad part when Mm -hmm. everyone else is leaving, like, the ring and going off and they're like we have to crash and destroy the truth and reconciliation to stop the flood from being able to go to earth or mm-hmm. be able to like leave system yeah and this is where he tells silva you know uh you taught mckay well because mm-hmm. it's ultimately mckay that goes against his orders and destroys the ship because he's going to bring it back to earth yes they're going to bring it back to earth for research and all other purposes but like dude there's flood on here like we have yeah. jenkins we have all this stuff and like plus the, the cold protocol you can't do that exactly you can so never do that so yeah wellesley was was a pretty proud papa on that day yeah i a great character mm-hmm. i did like i did like him and and to kind of wrap up the ais we'll just have some footnotes here for the covenant ais Thus known. We have the Seeker, which like we said in the I Love Bees, you know, aspect of it with Melissa is that it was a very rudimentary virus, basically. Mm-hmm. It was this this virus set out to corrupt data and destroy it, followed it back and destroyed in the I Love Bees database, basically. Mm-hmm. Interesting story. Like I said, definitely go read it. That's the Seeker. That's the only one named. Because the other two we have are Ascendant Justice's AI, which was on board that tried to fight off UNSC forces getting in. They got in. Along with the Truth and Reconciliations AI, which Wellesley fought and won along with Cortana and got in. Yeah. And that's that's about it. Yeah, it's not much. Like we said, with with the Covenant, they mimicked instead of innovated. Mm -hmm. So they didn't really understand the tech. They would just Ikea it and like, oh, I put that there. Sound good. And, yeah. and not do anything with it. Yeah. So not too much there. But that wraps up most of the known AIs. Like we said, we skipped over, you know, a little bit of the Prometheans, and there may be a couple more that we have missed, but that's just kind of pulling from the list that you and I created together mm-hmm. and, and pulled a lot of the information off of. So we're going to go from there. And now we're going to give you our top five with the fence, least five. With the fence. Uh, always, always always, these kind of tradition for these episodes. Best gotta, and worst. Got to do it. Got to do it. I'll start off my top. Moye. I, I thought it was such a neat AI that if you ever read the story, please do. She keeps Baird alive. Um, even helps him administer this insurrectionist drug that is used to combat Spartans. Yeah. It's basically like Adderall plus steroids plus adrenaline. It sounds like a good time, actually. <laughs> Concentrate and lift. That's all you need to do. Um, <laughs> but it helps him. And, and she even says, I, I can't, like, because Barry kept saying, just destroy this ship. Detonate it. Let's go. And she's like, I can't. That's part of, I cannot do any harm to humans. Yeah. It, well, it's like she can't override it because she's kind of separated from herself as well. She's like, yes. I, she's like, if if I was fully me, I would just overrode that and killed you. Yeah. But I think Herogok had, like, disabled her system from the main bridge. So mm-hmm. it's just a fragment of mm-hmm. her. Poked and prodded around. Yeah. But whenever they got to the bridge and, you know, he had go to him and like, oh, I bet you can't fight me. Like, because he punched him in the face, that Sanghealy in the face. Yeah. And that's when that's when he took his energy sword and just chopped Baird's head off. And, and that's Moye. And that line of like five, four, three, they start to scramble and she just stares at me and goes, I'm just kidding. There's no countdown. He just Boom. blows it up. Mm-hmm. So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So so we'll move on now. Pick from my top five. And th- these are in no order. I really tried. Actually, I lied. Maybe one's in order. But I, I want to start mine off with uh, Black Box mm-hmm. BB because he is a really interesting character that starts to show more and more personality throughout the Kill yes. 5 trilogy. He even starts to see some some concern with this idea of remerging with his, like, part of himself that got like lost its memories and everything he yes like, that, he, that he sent down to saint helios mm-hmm, to, yeah to, yeah he even has like this anxiety about mm-hmm, it almost mm-hmm. and again he looks out for people and and you see that he's like experimenting with what he says to Catherine halsey because he's like i'm the first ai that was created by an ai and she kind of seems curious about that and then he goes eh like that was a lie. There's nothing she can do for me. Like, just casually, just like, yeah, I lied. I just wanted to see how she would react to it. Yeah, so good. Such a well-written character. And actually, as a story arc, as an AI, which mm-hmm. I find interesting. That's, I mean, Cortana does, but she's a main AI, obviously. Yeah. But this is one that's pretty much just in extra materials. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I said, also no order. But next up, I've got Superintendent, or Virgil, you know, however you want to think of it. Such a well-written character that really doesn't have many lines until... The her got kind of pulls them and gets them, you know, over to the other team. Mm-hmm. But as far as like the ODST ways go, it's it's such a neat way to do the game. Such a neat way to have an AI that's just expressive through emotes. Yeah, which I thought was was so neat, and be able to control the city and well, all this stuff of like nonverbal communication. Well, also talks through through like broadcasts and whatnot, yes. and using things that. Uh, it's kind of like how uh, Bumblebee say, talks yeah. in, in, uh, in Transformers. Transformers. Yeah, it's like that same thing, mm-hmm. like like these broadcasts and messages officially from the city, just just reusing them to actually talk about what's going on. It's it's so well done. So yeah, definitely mm-hmm. definitely have Superintendent up there. Uh, next on my list, uh, I put Deep Winter on mm-hmm. here. He doesn't have a huge presence, but it really stuck out to me in in Ghost of Onyx is when. His like dying words are to go to not dying because he he knows he's going yeah, yeah, yeah. to die. He he goes to Kurt and it's like I really care about you and I care about these Spartan mm-hmm. threes and someone's messing with them. He's like you need to do something about this and and it was like he he how he even he basically went through time and space just to get the message yes to Kurt. He did everything he could and to me again that stuck out so much with me for ais because not a lot of ais would do something that extreme just as he literally says like i I care about these kids don't let this happen like look into this Uh, to find out he was kind of talking to the guy who did it but i still think it was really phenomenal that he did that and it stuck out for me i i totally agree uh next up i have juliana so that is the ai on the rubble Mm mm-hmm Love the story. I love that, you know, like I said, she's basically in God mode and reaches out because she, once again, cares about the rubble mm-hmm. and cares about the well-being of it. So reaches out to Gray Team to get them there and to help deal with what's going on. And once again, I mean, blows stuff up, crashes an entire asteroid into a moon and a ship. <laughs> so pretty badass. Pretty badass. Uh, next on my list, and, you know, we've talked about this before. Like, I root for the bad guys a lot. Mendicant Bias. Mendicant mm-hmm. Bias became such a cold calculated machine and you know it really just stuck out to me because his relationship with the 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 primordial the 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 fact that he was convinced to become evil was so wild to me Mm -hmm. and then how he just worked with the forerunners but really stuck out to me more 
was in Halo 3, him helping the Master Chief any way he could, you know, starting actually with Halo 2 and and going through the terminals and having his messages appear. And while you're reading them, you hear these voices in the background. Like, it was so fascinating to me for someone who didn't know what any of this was. Like, I totally agree with that. Yeah, yeah, because you you don't. Like, you're kind of going through and reading some of the stuff, seeing a little clues mm -hmm. and things like that. But to actually know this terribly corrupted AI mm-hmm. over the years started to try and get that redemption arc. Yeah, and again, you you started playing the rest of the missions on the arc like you were being watched. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how you felt, especially when he's like, I see you, Reclaimer. Like, it really kind of put a new atmosphere into the rest of that game. Yeah. Next up, I have Isabel. I, I chose Isabel, too, because it's one of, in my opinion, one of the most emotive and really cool characters that I've seen in a while. Mm-hmm. Like, I absolutely love that, you know, she's kind of hiding out in that base which is also just an awesome scene of Spartans fighting the Johanne, mm-hmm. the Banished that are there. Recovers her, and just just a really cool character, just a fun character to have around that doesn't really have an annoyance. It's just a really cool AI that can upgrade, that can do these things, and just wants to help, and has a vendetta. Mm-hmm. I, love, I love death and destruction. Got a vendetta. <laughs> and to be a research AI pretty much converted to military AI in a, in a way which I think is just a really neat aspect to her. Next on my list, I have Mech. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, you probably would have guessed it just hearing Alex and I talk about it, but Contact Harvest Alone was a great book. And this story arc between Mac and his his kind of, you know, the other side to the coin that is him, which is with Loki, is so crazy. And again, how he is flirtatious and how he gets on Sif's nerves it's hilarious because in a way i get on everyone's nerves so i can relate with this man mm-hmm. <laughs> alex is like yeah yep. absolutely yep, yep. but but no i i think it was really well written and, and i'll emphasize this again is that hidden message that that halsey finds where it's just him describing death which is so weird because it's an ai and you wouldn't think about it some of these ais tackle death a little more logically he tackles it emotionally and again just says it's cold I want you. Yeah. And then dies, which is just like tugs at your heartstrings and makes you go, God, this is sad. There was so much sad stuff that happened in that book, and that's definitely one of them. So that's why Mac has made my list. I mean, surprisingly, I've agreed with all your choices. I have no rebuttals thus far. (laughs) But I end my list with Iona. Iona was the AI for Black Team. She was the one who can kind of go into little anime girl and then regular girl. Um, <laughs> I, I just thought she she was fantastic. She had a really interesting story going through uh, the comic and and kind of battling in and of herself, mm-hmm. you know, fighting off Abulent Prism and 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 kind of like getting in there. So I, I thought it was just is just so well done. And you know, even having her having that trial, I thought that was such an interesting way to mm-hmm. talk about death and to talk about rampancy like i should be put on trial i should i should be able to vote you know yeah. i should be able to have my options for it mm-hmm. yeah so i just thought it was just a, a really nice written character mm-hmm. finally we're gonna wrap up with mine in sif mm-hmm. again i mean probably would have guessed it i, kinda... I mean, would have guessed it's jesse's book so <laughs> i do a is one of my favorite books uh from the Halo universe and, and really uh, uh sif as well I really liked her kind of quote-unquote character arc and finding out that, you know, Mac is actually Loki as well Mm -hmm. and everything they go through and seeing how much, like, even at one point they're talking to this this someone from UNSC or ONI, I can't remember, 
and like they can tell that Mac and Sif are kind of like talking behind the scenes because they take like longer than one second to respond yeah. and seeing this personality between the two and seeing it grow and she goes from being just annoyed as hell with the guy to just all of a sudden, you know, becoming more friendly with him and opening yeah. up. I think really those two, those two story was phenomenal. So obviously I liked the book a lot. I'll allow it. I'll allow that top five. <laughs> now we get to the bottom of the barrel, the drudgy, drudgy drudges. I'll start it off. Rebecca. So if you remember, Rebecca was that AI who gave no craps about people going to the Mona Lisa. Mm-hmm. And it was like, mission's a mission. Can't tell you. I, I I think it's a frustrating character mm-hmm. of, of obviously this AI was planted there by Oni or by whatever specialist just kind of wanted to see what went on. Mm-hmm. And the commander had no control as he soon figured out and had to let everyone kind of go. I mean, we did get a great story. Mona Lisa is a fantastic story. Yep. However, AI sucks. AI sucks. Stupid Rebecca. Uh, moving on. Again, minor in no real order. Uh, Governor Sloan from Halo 5. And I'll jump to mine, too. I also have Governor Sloan. Yeah. Uh, prick. That's bam. Yeah, and I never liked the guy's personality playing the game. Then you find out later on that he's, you know, went with Cortana with the created because he wants to live forever. He's a selfish asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Again, he, he is kind of this indirect villain in the game and and you can tell like his rampancy is that of self-preservation and madness mm-hmm. yep so he follows that same path as cortana mm-hmm. uh so yeah i had sloan as well i also had ebulent prism so we haven't really had many of the monitors but ebulent's probably my least favorite out of all of them just because it wasn't to protect anything it was just to like harvest data mm-hmm. and infect stuff to see mm-hmm. if it could survive flood because yeah. like even when they had the hunter in there and they had to let go load like i mean this guy's cool and he works but it's individual tiny little colonies of these worms, so I can't really experiment on that. And he just vaporizes it. Yeah. And, like, same thing with pulling those data and just was there, I guess, in a way to do good, but evil good? And was just... Uh, uh, chaotic good? Yeah, was trying to, like, find a cure, but also, like, not caring about anything that he was doing. So it was just mm-hmm. yeah. a frustrating AI, well-written. Once again, I do love that story, but I hate that AI. Yeah. Moving on from for me, Serena's on my list for, you know, bottom five. Mainly because, granted, she did do some good things, but her sarcasm in the game, her dry sarcasm, yeah. drove me crazy. Because it wasn't even, like, executed well. I, I get that that was do her you get character. It? It's because she's cold? Because she does cryo? <laughs> I, and I get that was her character. It's not like it was bad acting or writing and anything. It's just something I didn't like. And if I would have been there, I would have been like, shut up. But I wasn't there. But either way, she she made my worst top five. Okay. I wouldn't put her there, but I'll I'll, I'll allow that. I mean, there's probably 3,000 worse than her. I mean, she could play for the UNSC. She created cryo weapons. She could not, you know, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but next up, I have Leo. Leo's that AI who went and visited uh, the brother and was like, don't worry. Mm-hmm. She'll have some memories. JK, I'm the worst. Yeah. You know. Hey, kid. She's going to have <laughs> hey, some kid, memories. Kid. She's let, gonna... me, <laughs> let me puff my cigar real quick. <laughs> Don't worry. She'll be here with us in spirit. <laughs> you know, it's 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 just that. It's it's, it's the perfect Oni AI. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's, God, it's so horrible. But, it need, you know, the work needs to be done, but doesn't need to be done that way. You know, it almost... It, it was a very frustrating AI for me. And, and once again, 
I think most of these are, are pretty well written in the small mm-hmm. sections they had. Just an evil AI. Yeah. Uh, next on my list is Roland. I He's okay, in my opinion. He has some cool moments, but in Halo 5, I just... He he got like kind of super whiny about Cortana. That that whole freaking game was, or yeah, the whole freaking game was horribly written. So I I can see why all of a sudden like his lines and his interactions are kind of annoying and a little bit whiny at times. And he never really stuck out to me in Spartan Ops or any other game or comic mm-hmm. or anything like that. So for me, he's on the bottom just because really. He's an on-screen AI, so I kind of felt like he should have had like mm. more of a presence and personality and part of the story and anything like that. But that's why he's on the bottom for me. And my final is Iroquel, or how do you say Iroquel? Iroquel. That was the AI sent over by Anderson to spy on Halsey. Awful, the, spooky. The, first the, of all, the Doom Demon, Spooky Skull. <laughs> I don't want a Spooky Skull in my life. Why would I want that? Anyway, Spooky Skull, um, kind of a lame use for a smart AI. Like, yeah, just watch people from a distance. To watch and not really be able to do anything and then just – and because you know how Ackerson is. He just kind of doesn't really care, just kind of mm-hmm. wants to get his own thing. I mean, he does – once again, most people in Halo have a cool redemption thing. He has a very good one. But building up to that, he was just a prick and like wanted nothing to do with Spartans, but then wanted his own Spartan program – wanted Halsey out of it, and just, like, did all these kind of, like, you know, backhanded things to people. And so that kind of does tie into Iroquois. But also Iroquois' story was, hey, you, no, do that. I'm no, going to do, do that. that. Oh, okay. He, and then he makes some demon noises. Yeah, he's, <laughs> then he's gone. And and, and that's it of him. So uh, next for me is Kalmaya. That I, that I disagree with, but continue. Kalmaya to me was a very boring character. Uh, I, I get the whole, like, kind of sad thing. But personally, she just didn't do much for me to make me be like, huh, cool. You liked Rucker better than her? The dude who put out don't eat this stickers all over the place? <laughs> he was a more interesting character than Kalmaya? Indeed, yes. Okay. I'm sticking to my guns and sticking to my list, and I'm going to hear it on YouTube. But you're not going to be sticking to those stickers because that's what Rucker did. <laughs> True. There's no warning signs for me. Let me know on YouTube. Let me have it. I'm ready for it. Oh, what's that last one on your list? Because you didn't complete your list. You only put four for some reason. I forgot to put a fifth one. But, where but what does that fifth one say? Alex put Halo Reach, the literal worst. Whoa, Jesse. <laughs> I thought you liked that game. What is this? This is a, this is embarrassing. Uh, that, that's so, not even an AI. So so my final one is uh, the, the Warden Eternal from uh, Halo 5. And not because of the fact that he appears 40 times in the game. His motivations are really unknown. Yeah. His personality is like, uh, I think he sounds like the actor John Hurt, uh, which he's not, which is very disappointing. But really, again, his, his motivations aren't there. He just shows up. He's like, I protect Cortana. I'm going to kill you now. And that's kind of why I left the Prometheans off. Yeah. There's there's uh, not really too much backstory, except yeah. that they're human ancillas. Mm-hmm. And for me, though, it's just like, in even, you know, reading tales from Slipspace, it's still like, I was like, oh, Okay, we have we have uh, 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 the Warden Eternal here again, so we're going to learn a little bit more about him. Still did nothing for me in terms of whether or not I like this character. So that's why these aren't in order other than him. He is bottom of the barrel, the worst AI in the series, period. That's my opinion. Better than, oh, worse than Rooker. 
But let, <laughs> see how but, it is. But but let us know uh, whether it's in Discord or or on YouTube or anything like that. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, let us know what you think. I mean, it's been fun to research this, and you know, a, a, as always, these bonus episodes are voted on by patrons. So mm-hmm. so they they got a vote on this this month that we did it in whatever month this is. I'm this thing that's going on right now definitely made me lose uh, track track of everything. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I said, this this was done uh, voted on by our patrons, and if you haven't checked out our Patreon yet. Please do. We've got some really cool stuff up there, some really cool materials that we send out to everybody, um, whether it's bonus episodes, prints, uh, private Discord, private chats. All that stuff is up there, and we'll be uh, having some cool list of that coming soon. But want to go ahead and thank those patrons that did make this possible. We've got Charles Zitter, Tactics, Skyjack, Harvey Chong, Brandon Rashitar, Angry Canadian, ZZ Slipaway, Grant Dillon, Mr. Choff, Cowan Fong Feliciano, Dragonfire, James Yavasi, Jonas, DGamer1298, Dust Storm, Alejandro Yarmil, Delphix, Quantum, not hard, but easy, that LL Gamer Guy, Graham, like the cracker, Jamie Sneed, like the Jamie Sneed, McCray Austin, Mega, like the blocks, Thomas Goulding, Nick Hyman, Francis, and Matt Smith, not the doctor. I didn't know there was a doctor called Matt Smith. Doctor Who. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought it was like a famous doctor. I was like, what? I was like, what the hell are you talking about? But yeah, so our our patrons are, are a huge help to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Again, as Alex said, you know, if you haven't joined yet, at least check it out. Uh, by the end of the year, we're gonna have a lot more coming to the table. So keep an eye out for that. Mm-hmm. If it's not for you now, it may be something for you later down the line. But, you know, if you have any questions about, you know, a Patreon in, in general, you can message us on any and all social platforms. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're, we're usually going to reply to a message within a few hours. And if, you know, if you haven't followed us on there or anything like that, please do so. And if you if you jump over f- to our discord. Yeah, we have a discord as well. Free for any and all. And, you know, every day discussions booming. It's great. I love the Discord. Mm-hmm. Uh, you check back in in an hour, and there's a million new things being said. It's, it's fun, awesome. It's a fun time. And you know, if you want to leave us a review on anything, you know, leave us a star reviewed on iTunes, Angie's List, Angie's List as well. Anything like that. Uh, Google, Yahoo, whatever, Yelp. We'll, we'll create uh, some kind of business BBB. out of this. Yeah, BBB, all of them. And as well as, you know, if you want to write out a review for us on iTunes, we appreciate that. And mail it to us. And mail it to us. Mail us stuff as well. And even go, you know, listen to us on Spotify in the long run. That will help us out tremendously. Uh, We're still on YouTube, CastBox, Spotify, SoundCloud, anything you can think of, really. And if we're not, let us know. We'll try to get on that platform for you. With that being said, that was our rundown of the AIs of Halo with our best and worst. And I am your host, Jesse Reiners. And I'm your host, Alex Kendall. And thank you for tuning in to Finish the Fight, a Halo podcast. Halo, it's finished. No, I think we're just getting started.